Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Taco Tuesday. Alex Padilla at AlexPadilla86. That's me, Alex Regla at AlexMRegla on Twitter. That's him. Alex, what's up? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good today because we're not podcasting after a loss. Yeah, especially after the loss <laughs> like that last one, right? Yeah, well, after the last two. Last three. <laughs> yeah, they've all been bad, but at least the Warriors, you kind of expected it. The Clippers game, you even wrote it yourself, kind of game they, they should have won. And then, yeah, on Sunday, another game they probably should have won, but that is what we are right now. The Lakers are an 0-3 team uh, tomorrow. Uh, they play again. They don't they don't play today, so they've had two days off, which is nice. They're in Denver starting tomorrow. That game's on ESPN at 7 o'clock. We'll talk about the big news happening with the Lakers, which is this. It is reported by Sham Sharani. The Lakers have listed Russell Westbrook as doubtful tomorrow to play against the Denver Nuggets, although Dave McMenamin reports he is with the team. He did travel with the team, so it's not a complete, utter, um, for sure he's not going to play. But the report today is that he is doubtful to play tomorrow. Now, me being the uh, cynic that I am, I'm like, well, of course, he's been so bad. They've already like mocked up an excuse with some hamstring injury. Yeah, he's hurt. He can't play because I think the Lakers want to see what they could do without him. That's just me. I don't know if they've gone to that point already, but I will say that's the first thing that popped in my mind. What about you? Uh, yeah, which is unfortunate. Like, like when it was announced, like for whatever reason, my head didn't go straight to like, oh man, he's hurt. It was more like, it's just curious. Um, especially since like, he hasn't really shown like that he's been like, um, struggling out there physically, like in terms of just his normal, like possession of possession stuff. So, um, and the last time he had this hamstring injury was when he was supposed to come off the bench. Uh, in mm-hmm. preseason and then suddenly he had a hamstring injury and he was out and then the next game he started he did so he never we still haven't seen Westbrook off the bench and, not, and I'm not sure that was going to be the case this game either but um yeah just curious but let's start with the first sentence you said he doesn't look visibly hindered um he also doesn't look explosive he also hasn't looked expl- – he couldn't get by, by Zubats against the Clippers. He couldn't get past Nurkic against the Blazers. Uh, two very much taller and slower and bigger guys than him. He hasn't really had this this pop. Is that due to the hamstring? I don't know. Is it due to age? I don't know. Is that due to want? I don't know. But he hasn't really looked as explosive as we've seen him in the past. Maybe it is the hamstring. Maybe that has been a thing since preseason that he just hasn't admitted out loud or the team hasn't really disclosed. And maybe that is a thing. Cause I know, especially in that Portland game, there's a few times where, you know, he had a clear step on his guy and he ended up getting blocked at the rim a few times where any other season, any other rust play that had been a dunk. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe that's a, that's a factor of the hamstring and the result of it and not just him maybe losing a step out there. So the Lakers are likely to need a new person to start instead of Russell Westbrook for tomorrow. If you look at the guys who have played, obviously Troy Brown is is now back. Uh, you have Reeves that played, Kendrick Nunn, Damian Jones, Juan Toscano, Anderson. Who would you like to see take Russell Westbrook's place there if he doesn't play? 
Yeah, I was thinking about it on my drive home. And I was, that's another first thought that came into my mind when this was announced. And um, it's been between two guys for me. So I, I, the two guys I'm, I've been debating are Austin Reeves and JTA. And bo- both kind of similar reasons. I think both obviously bring defense, which that mm-hmm. starting lineup. It's not like they're, again, the team has actually been very good on defense this season, mm-hmm. right? It's not like they desperately need help in that area. But I, I think that the defense, the playmaking, both of those guys both provide, uh, especially if Russ is going to be out, you, you know, Reeves could be the extra ball handler. We saw him get a lot of on-ball reps during the preseason. So I, I'd probably lean um, Austin Reeves, but I, I, I'm good with either of those two guys. Um, I thought the same thing. I thought that the defensive um, importance of those two guys is is what the, the starting lineup would need. But you're right. They haven't been – the Lakers haven't been awful defensively. And you kind of wrote about it today or yesterday. I'm not sure when it dropped uh, in your notebook, Lakers notebook, which, by the way, uh, go follow Alex on Twitter, at Alex M. Regal, like I said. But you can catch his work on silverscreenroll.com. You're going to do this every Monday. Yeah, that's the plan. And I'm not sure if it's going to be a notebook every Monday, yeah. but definitely we'll do a lot more of those this season. You got really, you did a really deep dive into what the Lakers have been running offensively and defensively. So let's stick, let's stick with the defensive end of it real quick. What have you seen from Anthony Davis in this drop down coverage that you talked about and kind of explain how well it's working and also the holes that it's left the Lakers defensively? Yeah, so that was one of the things that Darvin Ham brought over from Milwaukee, right? Because the Bucks they do play a drop coverage. You know, it's not the only thing they play, but with Brook Lopez out there, they play a drop, which essentially just means uh, usually the center who's, who's guarding the pick and roll, instead of kind of being right up at the you know the ball handler's level, they kind of drop down, right? They're kind of placed more near that free throw uh, line area, and that that hopefully encourages the the opposition to instead of attacking the rim kind of it baits them to hit that jumper in that mm-hmm. kind of mid-range area and those are shots that the nba for like the last 10 years have kind of um welcomed and they kind of want the deep the the opposition to shoot those because usually those are harder shots to make coming off the balance and stuff like that and it's a lower percentage shot so so far i mean that's exactly what the lakers are saying they're they're not allowing much shots at the rim and they're allowing a lot of mid-range shots i think mm-hmm. like this their second in terms of like the amount of long twos they're, they're giving up, which is good. You want to give up those shots and you don't want to give up shots at the rim. And so far that's been the case. And I think it's a big reason why they're, I think as of today, the second best defense in the league, <laughs> which uh, I definitely didn't expect going into the year. So uh, again, it's not the only thing the Lakers are doing. Um, they're not like primarily playing drop every single possession, but it, from when they do have done it, especially with AD who's mobile, he can kind of like bait and kind of go up a little bit to the ball handler's level, drop back down, retreat, um, be the low man help, kind of contest the rim, do all these things. Um, it's been a really good look. And so I've been impressed on that end. So if the Lakers would have won their last two home games, they would have got tacos because they have, you know, the fans would have got tacos like 106 and 103. Uh, they haven't been, I mean, the Warriors, they scored 123 against them, but. I make the joke, but they have been efficient so far. You said defensive rating second best in the league yeah. so far. And, and that's good. And also contextually, look who they've played these first three games. Three, what, stellar offenses? You know, you have Golden State. Three Clippers, playoff teams, for and sure. Portland. All, uh, yeah, all 
probably maybe playoff teams and definitely between the Clippers and the Warriors, a lot of people pick those two as title favorites mm-hmm. and also the exact teams who in theory really would hurt a job coverage. They all have mid range shooters, Paul George, Kawhi, um, you know, obviously clay Steph, the, these guys will destroy job coverages like traditionally. And the Lakers did a good enough job switching things up, going from drop to switch and to be second in defensive rating after playing those three teams. It's a good sign. Yeah, it really is a good sign. And is it, have you noticed in when you go and you watch the film or you watch the games, have you noticed a big drop off in defense when Anthony Davis is on the bench as opposed to on the court? That's the weird thing. Have you have you noticed who plays when Anthony Davis is on the bench at the at the it's center? It's LeBron, spot? right? It's LeBron. Yeah. And uh, that I, another thing I was not expecting to see again uh, after they signed two centers. Obviously, Thomas Bryant's hurt, so he hasn't played. And uh, Damian Jones has kind of played a little bit here and there, but Darvin Ham, you know, trusts LeBron in that role more than uh, Jones at this point. And it's, I mean, it's not as good or efficient, obviously with AD out, but they've been feisty still also. Mm-hmm. And I think that all that, that goes to who they, who's been around LeBron. They have a guy like JTA. You, you see him out there with LeBron. You see Reeves out there with LeBron. Like these are the guys we saw Troy Brown and like what the difference of having a guy who's six, six, on the roster looks like in that lineup. Um, so they definitely at least have been competing. You're obviously going to give up a lot of size in the interior. And that's why they've given up a lot of offensive rebounds to, to the opposition this year. But for the most part, like they've competed and the times that they've gotten beat is just because they're not big enough. Do you think the Lakers will go with this system regardless of who they play or is it matchup based? Uh, that's a tough question. I mean, even if they have faced guys with, I mean, the last two games have been guys with centers, you know, Zubats, Nurkic, and now you're going to go play Jokic. So is this a, is this a thing that they can do against centers? Uh, like when they have real centers, are, are they going to struggle if it's uh you know, if guys are actually hitting their jump shots mm-hmm. and then, or if they're missing, is anyone going to be down there to out rebound the Lakers? Like, cause they've been getting out rebounded a lot yeah. offensively. Yeah. I think I'll rebound in who is it on the Clippers or Portland one of those teams by like 20 or something Mm -hmm. crazy like that. Um, Yeah. Like this is going to be a really interesting like test case. You're, you're playing a guy like Jokic, like you mentioned, and unlike a Norkic or Zubats, um, he's going to be like the go-to option, right. For the other team. He's back-to-back MVP. He's incredible low post scorer. Um, He's also bulkier, bigger than AD is. And Mm -hmm. those guys usually have given AD trouble in the past. Um, I, w- I would probably assume Jones at least plays a bit more. I, I think they're still going to keep AD at the five, probably have LeBron run some, in, you know, backup five, but maybe if AD gets in foul trouble or if you need to throw a different look out there at Jokic, you throw Jones out there. But um, yeah, this is going to be a really, really interesting case. Cause like you said, they've already played pretty bulky centers. Yeah. Like Nurkic and, 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 and Zubots, those two are, are like big guys and they've beat up the Lakers in, in the rebounding. Yeah, and they're, it doesn't get any easier as far as that goes because now they go take on Jokic. They go take on Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. They take on Jokic again. So it's a, it's a lot coming up for the Lakers. There's the schedule, we talked about this in the offseason. The, the NBA didn't really. The, the NBA threw them under the fire right away. So the Lakers realistically can start 0-4, 0-5, 6 That is a real possibility because of who they're playing. Then they take on uh, the Pelicans and the Jazz after that. So, I mean... 
Jazz are undefeated. I know. The Pelicans are really good. <laughs> I know, but I think is Zion hurt? Did that happen? Did I miss? Oh, that? I don't know. Hopefully. Not. Yeah. Um, but so we're talking about the good because I wanted to start off with okay, here's the news. Russell Westbrook likely not to play. You say Reeves, Toscano Anderson. I agree. One of those guys likely to start. Maybe Troy Brown. Do you think Troy Brown could start? I was going to say, I, he's like a dark horse, I think. I think they really like yeah. what he brings, and I could see him starting. Um, by the way, AD starting at center. Not as big of a deal as everybody. Like, you know, like he's he looks fine, right? I think someone said he's playing 100% of his minutes so far at center. He hasn't yeah. been any powerful. It's like yet. such a talking point for the past year and a half, and now it's happening. It's just kind of flying under the radar. So I, I wanted to start with the news and the good stuff because now we can trans, transition to the bad stuff. When you're 0-3, that outweighs the good. Um, the offense is horrendous. Um, but <laughs> in my opinion, the offense is horrendous. Russell Westbrook has been horrendous. I don't... Listen, you can talk to me about those couple defensive series against the Clippers all you want. As a whole, Russell Westbrook has been horrendous. The narrative surrounding Russell Westbrook has become a, now, I call it, not a, maybe not a distraction, but a distraction to the team. You already see LeBron getting defensive in post-game press conferences saying, you're trying to set me up. I'm not going to talk shit about Russell Westbrook. You're already seeing all these things come out. But guess what? LeBron, AD, Ham, Palinka, it's not going to stop. That's the story. Because when Russell Westbrook is playing as bad as he's played so far this season, that will continue to be the story. Today on The Ringer, Kevin O'Connor wrote an article saying how bad Russell Westbrook has been. And his headline, or the first line of his headline, was that called the byline? What is that The, the lead. The lead, excuse me. Sorry. Journalism school a long time ago. If Los Angeles can't find a way to get rid of Westbrook, there's no way to salvage this season. That's from like a top prominent like NBA guy straight up saying, if you don't trade him, you're not going to salvage your season. From at Kirk Goldsberry, who covers the NBA for ESPN. Russell Westbrook has made three of 17 jump shots this season. He is the only player, remember this on Sunday. Yeah. He is the only player that has attempted a jump shot with under 30 seconds to go and a 15 seconds left on the shot clock with their team up by one possession in the last four seasons. Still more through three games this season. Opponents are contesting jump shots by Westbrook only 41.2% of the time. According to second spectrum, that's the lowest con contest rate in NBA tracking data history that dates back to 2013, 2014 for reference. His jump shots are getting contested only 41% of the time. The second lowest Nuggets forward Aaron Gordon at 60% contest rate. Think about that. That is how little respect the NBA currently has for Russell Westbrook three games into the season that he is, his jump shot is only getting contested 41% of the time. That's the least. The second least is Aaron Gordon at 60%. They put Nurkic and Zubats on Russell late in the games. They didn't even bother defending him when he was open for shots. It's been bad, man. Am I over? Am I over like amplifying how bad he's been, or has it been that bad? No, I mean he's been bad, and, and like I, I've tried like for the past season or so to kind of like paint both sides of the picture with Westbrook, and and I do believe like he has done, you know, little things here and there that have been um, an improvement from last season. But offensively, there's no really defending what he's done. 
and, and more so, I think just the impact he has when he's on the floor, like sometimes like um, we look at those numbers, right. Or we look at Westbrook, like his shooting percentage, but sometimes it's like worse, just him being out there, right. Like the impact he has mm-hmm. in terms of the negative spacing, like you mentioned that the Clippers and the, and um, where they just play the Blazers, the Blazers, like you said, they, they put their centers on Westbrook and, and I wrote about it, but essentially what that does is, you're allowing your big to just kind of, you know, help in the paint whenever they want. And just you, you're almost baiting the Lakers and Westbrook to shoot these open shots. And um, he's yet to make a three in the fourth quarters, any fourth quarters of season. Um, I think he's like a team worst negative 11 in fourth quarters this season. And I, I, yeah, it's just, it's just really difficult to create like an offensive scheme half court wise late in games if he's going to be out there because we already know opposing defenses are going to just put their center on him like they saw the Clippers and Blazers do. They're going to cram the paint and they're going to force him to shoot. And he does shoot. Like, that's the thing. He's not mm-hmm. – he might hesitate, but he's going to shoot them. And it just hasn't has it, has it worked out yet. So when people are listening to this and they're like, okay, great. So they're leaving our guys open to make shots. What's so bad about that? Well, the Lakers aren't making their shots. They're 25 of 118 from three points this season, 21.2% on the season. These, these stats are crazy. And this I'm taking this straight from your article, dude. According to ESPN Stats and Info, that's the second worst all-time among teams who have attempted at least 100 threes within a three-game span. Like, that is crazy. And then you got, like, very, very – you got some real cool stats here that I, I don't know where you find these things about the Lakers have yielded a 0.5 points per possession on unguarded catch-and-shoot threes. Mm -hmm. And then for perspective, you wrote, last year the Thunder were the worst, and they got 1.04. So that's awful. Doubled them. They doubled Doubled. And they were 30th last year. And that was the Thunder who were actively trying to lose. Yeah, Um, yeah, no, it hasn't been good. And I I know everybody's going to point to, like, Westbrook. Like, oh, you know, he's the reason why they're – shooting this poorly no everybody's shooting poorly it's mm-hmm. the entire team he's not the only one being left open he's not he may be the one who's getting most left open to like an extent where it's just obvious but like Nurkic completely turned his back to ad yesterday yeah. or that last game and we saw portland's bench is going crazy every time the lakers are shooting a shot knowing that they were going to miss it your team's best three-point shooter we both agreed going into the season would be patrick beverly He's shooting 21% from the three so far this year. Kendrick, I'm more frustrated with like the types of shots he's shooting. This guy's he has a green light, like he's Steph Curry out there a lot of times. It's one of those things with Patrick Beverly that I mean, did you watch 82 Wolves games last year? Did you watch 82 Wolves, 82 Clippers games? Like, I think it's one of those things now from an outside perspective, like Russell Westbrook, you're like, wow, awesome, really cool. Triple doubles every night. Patrick Beverly, yeah, it gets in your face, like gets does all the dirty work. Then you watch every night and you're like, okay, we gotta we gotta learn to deal with this now. <laughs> the constant green light is something that I think will change going forward. Mm. I mean, it should change going forward at least. Or the dude's just gonna shoot out of the funk to start the season. I don't know. Well, like well, so our long term wise, is this I mean, this is, I, I tweeted something out the other day about the shooting and I got a lot of responses saying, well, that I mean that's just the roster. Like why are we, they're open for a reason. It's not the quality of looks they're getting or, or scheming. 
their defense just leaving them open and the roster is not good enough to get better shooting wise. Do you think this is just long-term they're going to be a 20% three point shooting team or, or where are you at with this? Yeah. I don't know about an exact percentage, but this is long. This is the unsustainable way of success. I mean, they're not, they have no success. They're zero and three, but in the modern day NBA, you can't shoot like this and be a, a successful team. It just doesn't work. And that's what so has, I mean, that's what we've been harping on Rob Palinka about. It's like, how do you expect this to work? And I think going back to Russ, I think the Lakers know this. I think the Lakers are becoming more, they're coming around to the fact like, we're not going to hold on to both those picks. I, I, I think they're just, this team has no shooters. You're going to have to go get one or two. And is it Russ and two picks? I think that's your best option, but we'll get to another part here of, of people saying other things right now. But I mean, don't you think that's the only way around it is if you, if you want to be a successful team, you need shooters. They don't have any. Yeah. And I mean, at least not just kid. It cannot shoot 18 to 22% the rest of the way. They're not going to win games that way. It's just simple math, right? Like, the, the opposing team is just going to outscore them from, from three every game, and they're going to win by the end. And it's frustrating because, like we mentioned the first kind of part of the show, like the defense has just been amazing. Like it's been awesome. Like the effort has been there. Like they're playing hard. Mm-hmm. Like maybe not but Alex, they have to. the game. Huh? They have to. They do. And, but like – We talked I, about I that last res- week. I do respect that like them missing hasn't impacted their psyche yet. I say yet because it could still like if they keep two or three more games of this, um, they might not try as hard on defense knowing like on the other end, we just can't do anything. So why exert all this energy here and knowing we're just going to lose anyway, but so far that hasn't been the case. And I hope that, that they continue playing that hard and really all like, I like it is opposite of last year. Remember last year when they got punched in the mouth, when they got punched in the mouth, they were just like down for the count. Like we ain't Mm -hmm. getting back up. Yeah, they were down to Golden State. They mostly came back to make it respectable. They were down to the Clippers. They came back, took the lead, um, blew that late. They came back against Portland, took the lead, had the lead, blew that late. Um, I would, yeah, this team totally different vibes than last year in terms yeah. of like sheer. It's got to be. It's got to be the youth, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, like, but all these old guys are like, all right, we're we're done here. But all these young guys, maybe they don't know better. Yeah. So I, I just hope uh, internally, I think they can get better. Like they're not going to shoot 20% the rest of the way. And Are they? I, maybe 30%, 32%. And if they can get to that point and the defense can sustain itself, I, I definitely think they're going to win some games, but where, where the drastic improvements come. Yeah. That's got to come from outside. The, the you curve. say that so confidently. That is like, that is like, a, like you genuinely think that they will be better than 20% from the 22% from the three. I when's the last time an NBA team has shot that though? I don't know. I'm just like, but like when's the last time an NBA team had this terrible of a shooting team? They're bad, but they're not that bad. They're still NBA players. Okay, right? but I'm saying like as a whole, when you look at and I can't listen, I could be speaking out of my ass right now. I genuinely don't know. But what I'm saying, like they don't have one guy that you're like, if you need a three, give it to this guy. Every NBA team at least has that. The disrespect to Matt Ryan, to Cole Swider, 
<laughs> and that's I'm the problem kidding. if those are the guys that we have to reference you know that's no yeah problem. they definitely don't have a guy right they can run a play for it, like yeah. down three i mean i guess it's lebron right? i mean aren't you running the three for lebron if you I need a three you're running the three for lebron you LeBron. might even run a three for ad sure i mean if you have to um I mean, yeah. so far, but you're, you're, I mean, yes, I'm, I'm being like dramatic for purposes, but yeah, you would expect Kendrick Dunn will shoot better than 23%. You would expect Patrick Beverly to shoot better than 21%. You would expect LeBron to increase a little bit from 25% and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So yes, I get what you're saying, but I agree with you. And I think the majority of people listening to this right now have to agree that if they're going to significantly improve, that it has to come from the outside. It's not going to be currently on this roster. Agreed. Like, yeah, I'm not saying they're magically uh, 20 games in are going to be like an average three-point shooting team. Mm-hmm. Like all I'm asking for is like bottom five of the league. I'm not asking for <laughs> them to be like six. The Warriors? 15th. Yeah, obviously not. Yeah. Like, and just because the the point differential, they lost last game by what? Two points. They lost to the Clippers by what? Four? Five points. I think, yeah, three maybe. Yeah. And these are games where they shot like 18% from three. Mm-hmm. 21% from three literally two more makes in each of those games, one more make against Portland and they're two and one against and, three really good teams. And you said it already. It's because that effort defensively has been there, but we talked about it last week. Like they don't have a margin of error to not compete that way. Yeah. So if they don't compete that way, they're going to get blown out. Like they just simply like they need to compete that way on the defensive end. They need to run the ball as much as they can. They need to get out ahead of everybody as much as they can. Mm-hmm. If they don't, they won't win games. They're not that they're not that talented to to do that. So you're I hope that you're right. I hope that they don't continue to, you know, put that effort in on the defensive end and then not get rewarded. And they're like, you know what? What's the point here? I hope it doesn't get to that, but we're three games in. I don't think it'll happen anytime soon. But I mean, dude. So let me ask you. Obviously, everyone's going to point to Russell Westbrook as the guy that's got to go because he's the guy. With the massive salary, the one that's been talked about for months and months and months and months. Any thought at all, am I being blasphemous to even bring up any thought of trading AD? Any no. thought of trading LeBron James? No, no, no. AD's been like, I saw um, it was like tweeted out a lot today. Stephen A it was on first take, and I think he kind of critiqued ad's play saying like where is he this year was he supposed to have a good year yeah. ad's been amazing this year obviously the jumper is not there again but like he's totally the reason or top reason why they're this good defensively yeah and he's stayed on the floor he's played center like everyone's wanted him to he's what like scored 25 plus each game he's rebounded like um yeah i i think ad's been awesome this year LeBron is is still kind of working his way back into regular season LeBron. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been great too when he's like turned the Jets on and stuff like that. But no, I, I, I'm not really thinking about that. I'm not Are thinking you? about it either. I am not thinking about it. But there is someone in the national media who is on television that covers this league who says, you know what? Why aren't we talking about those guys and that is jay williams from espn here's what he had to say on sirius xm nba radio today 2015 right so i'm looking at this whole organization saying i'm sorry it's it's like if you're talking about maintaining the franchise's success 
if you if you if we really want to be cold hearted about this, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody should be on the table, AD. Everybody should be on the table. Oh, if you, you want to be realistic I'm about it, what, oh, what can I get for LeBron James? What can I get for Anthony Davis? What can I get for Russell Westbrook? We're thinking about the future. I pulled. All right. What do you think about that? Um. Yeah, I don't think the Lakers are thinking about the future. <laughs> no, I don't. There's no way they trade LeBron James. I mean. Shoot, the whole reason they're in this thing is because of LeBron James. From all mm-hmm. reports, it's that LeBron wanted Westbrook over DeRozan. It was that simple. So the Lakers went out and got Westbrook. That is like I keep reading that. Like I read it today on that same Kevin O'Connor thing that I wrote that I t- referenced earlier. So there's no way they trade LeBron. But if if you're gonna want a lot of pieces back, which do you think this team needs a lot of pieces, or you think they're like one or two shooters away from contending, like? Being a championship team isn't that the whole point when LeBron James is on yeah, your team? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, yeah. They need they need a, a few things because right now we're talking years. about what they need to do to be a playoff team. Yeah, but do the Lakers view themselves as a team that what do they need to do to be a playoff team, or what do they need to be a what do they need to do to be a contender? I have no idea. Because if LeBron James is on your team, he'll never say it publicly that they're not a championship team. But isn't that the whole point? Yeah, especially at this stage of his career, but that that's kind of the issue where they've so who's gonna, they're they're going to they're trying to manage two different timelines and that almost never yeah. works. So who's going to net you the most return if you want to be a championship team? But so so you're saying AD then, right? I'm assuming. Just playing along with Jay Williams here. Okay, this yeah, is not like, this is not me talking. I'm just trying to No, no, no. Like, no, no. <laughs> I what what trade out there for AD realistically makes this team uh, a championship? contending team is would would be what would be the question yeah same thing if i was if i was the radio host on that interview i wouldn't be like yeah i agree with you i'd be like okay but what does that look like what does a trade for anthony davis look like who is the who is the anthony davis return what is the anthony davis return what team is out there that would take on anthony davis and they would become successful and still give you stuff for you to become successful so like even like just hypothetically like kd for ad Right. I mean, I was all on board in the summer for that. And, but what, okay. So you just put KD on this team, right? Like, does that make this team better now as currently constructed? If you do KD for AD and you do Russ for Kyrie and give them the two picks, then now we're talking. That's what we talked about in the off season, right? When we were thinking big, when we were thinking stupid, when we were thinking ridiculous, did we not, did, did that not ever get mentioned to do a swap? It was thrown out there. I don't know how realistic. Well, it I mean, there was a lot of stuff thrown on the wall, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just think AD, his two-way game is just so desperately needed on this team. They're so small. Um, they have no bigs they can really rely on. And uh, AD is just, like, critical to the success of – or any kind of success of this team because he does – he fills so many of the, the flaws that they, this team currently has. And if you take him away from that and even add a, like a better player, quote unquote, and who they can get, that player needs to do AD stuff yeah. on top of like the stuff he doesn't do. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't, but I bring I, my biggest point of bringing this up and playing that sound is this, the worse this gets, the more of that you will get. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm, I was getting at. Like if you thought the rust stuff was bad, Keep being this bad with Russ on your team and more of this will come out. More leaks will come out. The clutch leaks, the clutch leaks will come out. 
everything will get way worse before it gets better if it continues to go this way. And it could be a really long year, dude. Like when you really look at the uh, at this thing, it could be a really long year in Lakerland. Um, so that's really why I brought it up. I don't think you should trade Anthony Davis. I want to make that clear. I think LeBron and AD are your pieces here. You've put yourself into a corner where now you don't have much you don't have much to work with. So you're gonna trade a penny and try and get a jet ski at some point. That's kind of what the, what Rob Palinka is <laughs> trying to do. Yeah. So Alex, uh, I really liked your notebook. Uh, like you said, it may not be a notebook every Monday, but follow Alex at Alex M. Regla. You could um, read his work on silverscreenroll.com. Uh, if you're listening to this audio podcast, we're on Spotify, Apple, Google, everywhere there's audio podcast. Subscribe and you get a new podcast, sometimes two. You get post-game spaces. You get post-game everything right here on the same feed from the entire team, which is a magnificent thing to do if you're a Laker fan. So Alex, at Alex M. Regla. Let's wrap it up like we always do. Real quick. Will the Lakers have a win by the time we talk to everybody next Tuesday? So how many games until then? They got Denver. The next three games and the next three before we podcast again. At Denver, at Minnesota versus Denver. Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Yeah, they'll have a win by then. I think they'll beat Denver. One of both, those that, in Minnesota, the, the vibes aren't that great in Minnesota right now either. The Patrick Beverly revenge game. <laughs> Minnesota's uh, struggling a bit here to start the year yeah. too. I got to say they got to win. They got to win one, man. It'd be nice to win too. They kind if of they win, win if they win tomorrow without Russ, does Russ ever suit up for the Lakers again? That's, that's another big thing. I'm not saying if they win, he's automatically out, but you know, that noise is just going to get way louder. Say they like, not blow Denver out because Denver's good, but like just say they win, like comfortably, like, comfortably, right? Like not having to hit a buzzer beater or something. I think that noise will obviously get pretty loud. They had an eight point lead before he checked back in the fourth. And by the okay. way, I didn't say this. Darvin Ham deserves a lot of blame I, here. That's where I was going to is with, go ahead. That's it. Like he's the one that put him in and kept him in. He's not doing him any favors with like, first he's sitting right for, for most of that fourth quarter where they're making that run. Um, you throwing in Westbrook cold into that with the Lakers, like with two minutes left, knowing you're putting him in a magnified spot where everybody's going to be looking at Westbrook. The defense knows what they're going to do with Westbrook. You're kind of setting him up as, you know, in a position to lose. And uh, I'd rather, if you're going to play Westbrook in the fourth, start him in the fourth and then like bench him when like the last yeah. five minutes. I can't, that. I can't believe how... Ham is just being let off the hook completely. Like he's the coach here. Take him out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's visible. Anyways, we're running out of time here, Alex. So um, just wanted to say all that stuff. Appreciate you this week. We'll talk to everybody next Tuesday. This is Taco Tuesday. Alex, thanks, man. Thank you, man.